0: Welcome to another episode of Natural Bliss Podcast. I am your host, Joyce Wheeler. You want to go over to MajesticTerra.com and pick up your free checklist for your journey to a better quality of life holistically. And also, I still have a summer special going on over at HeavenlyBodiesWellness.com for the uh, salve and the soothing cleanse. So you're going to get $2 off of that. You're going to want to go ahead and pick that up. And um, I, I'm working on some new programs and stuff for holistic health. So you might wanna keep your eye out for that. So anyways, today we, with me, I have Janessa Finley, and she's a healing and coach whose mission is to bring love and connection to those who have all but given up on having fulfilling and nurturing relationships. At the core of every single human is a need for connection. Yet we inadvertently create patterns to push other way and protect ourselves. Sadly, this leads to never cultivating the loving relationships our hearts desire. The secret lies in relationship the uh, sorry. The secret lies in the relationship you have with yourself as it creates the relationships you have with others. Geneza teaches through a path of self-discovery how to love and embrace yourself so you can extend the same love and connection to others. Janessa, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Joyce. Thank you for having me here.
0: So, Tommy, how did you get started on this? I read a little bit about you, and you uh, had this pattern of relationships lasting for about two to three years, and then all of a sudden they, they were gone. You had a marriage for a while, and uh, eating
1: disorder ended up splitting that up. Yeah, my relationships were wrecked. (laughs) So (laughs) that's how I got started in this. But it goes back, uh, you know, at the core of the driving factors that I had to unravel in my personal journey was some childhood trauma that I experienced at age eight. And like many people, I repressed those memories until into my 30s. And so there was this continued reoccurring issue for me uh, with others to not trust them to be really protective push people away i had all sorts of coping mechanisms including the eating disorder which i protected and wasn't honest about and lots of codependency and dysfunction with all of that um the relationship with my parents was you know also very strained as i grew up um with all of this inner turmoil, much too young to know that I had inner turmoil, of course. Uh, you know, we don't have those resources as children, and we don't also have the maturity to understand that childhood really shouldn't be that hard, or relationships shouldn't be that hard. So, that is really where all of my relationship discord stemmed from. And it wasn't until in my mid 30s. So, what would have been uh, 25 years approximately later, math is hard for me, so give or take a few years, <laughs> I then That's okay. I'm not a math person either, so you're fine. Thank you.
0: <laughs> we'll let the math people go
1: ahead and figure that out. Yeah, well, I have a couple of them in my family, which is part of my handicap. I just default. I'm like, you guys can do the math. You're really good at it. I'll stay in my zone genius Right. So approximately 25 (laughs) years later, I recovered my memories and started really making sense of how I got to where I was in relationships and always being unfulfilled, always looking outside myself for the other person to make me comfortable, make me happy, make things okay, make the relationship work. And finally unraveling and doing enough healing and growth holistically with myself come to a place where relationships are really fulfilling and they're really fun and they're adventures. And it's, it's a really powerful part of life. I'm people who co-create together, make something much more amazing than what I ever was making on my own. And so it's really opened me to a whole new fabulous world of life in general. So when
0: you were talking about uh, being honest about your eating disorder, was that being honest with yourself or being honest with others
1: or both? Along the journey, absolutely both. Uh, For a long time or more predominantly, I would say with other people. Um, I don't think I was ever too disillusioned from the reality of the way I was living. I just didn't know how to live a different way. And my story is probably fairly unique because I did not actually seek treatment, professional treatment to heal through that part of my life. I did a lot of reading, a lot of workbooks. I spent a lot of time with myself and I feel as though for someone who can uh, dig through those aspects of Yourself and your life, you have to be really honest if you're going to have success in doing so independently. I agree.
0: You know, I also suffered from eating disorders, so I can relate to what you're talking about. Like you, I didn't seek professional help. You know, I just i I knew I was that I wasn't doing what was right. I, I I knew that my behavior was destructive to myself. I I was well aware of that.
1: And how did you shift your relationship with food? What's your story? How did you repair that?
0: Um, I got comfortable with I comfortable with myself, with my body, and it was an acceptance, you know, an acceptance that no matter how thin I got, I would never be a size two. It wasn't going to happen because of my bone structure. There was just no way. You know, and just, excuse me, I think that was the biggest thing, just, you know, finally getting comfortable in my body with who I was. Um, Part of the thing with me, too, is I was afraid to eat because I was afraid once I started eating, I wouldn't be able to stop because that had been my experience in the past. So it, it, it scared me to, to eat. I had to be in control of what I ate and how much I ate. So it's like, you get just this, and that's all you're eating. So you have a can of soup. That's all you're gonna eat is that can of soup and nothing else. So it was like that. And now it's just like, you know, for years now, it's just been like, I eat when I'm hungry. And I, I, did. I realized in part of the dilemma too, was, I don't know if your parents did this to you, but you have to finish everything on your plate. You have to, if you don't finish everything on your plate, you can't have dessert. Did your parents say that to you?
1: They did. I grew up in that household. I can remember funny things too. Uh, like if I used too much ketchup, I, I would essentially be grounded from ketchup if I couldn't use what I put on my plate. Wow. Yeah. So there was that, that, um, I I call it traditional or maybe someone else would call it scarcity a value set that we are going to be, um, very mindful with our resources. Right. But yeah, I had to get over that too.
0: I had to get over that. I don't have to eat everything in my plate. You know, and I I still kind of experience it, but it's more so if we if and when we go out to eat, you know, and it's like, you know what, I don't have to finish everything I can get into to go box and finish it tomorrow if I want. You know, so I had to get beyond that programming programming of having to eat everything on your plate. And I think I was guilty of doing that to my own children, you know, and not just not realizing it. Because we take certain things from our parents, and we go ahead and apply that to our parenting. And, you know, there's other things that I didn't agree with, which, of course, I left out. Like, the one thing I, I did not like, if I asked my dad, um, can I go spend the night by my friend's house? No. Well, why not? Because I said so. That used to, and it was like a power play. It's like, Really? So I had said, I would never say that to my kids. I would always explain to my kids why, but yeah, it's just, I just got comfortable with myself and just not only that, but I also started eating organic and I noticed when I ate organic that I didn't crave food as much. I was happier and happier with smaller portions, you know, and now even it's like, it's not unlike me to take my dish and put it on the counter and finish it later. So I got beyond that. You got to eat everything on the plate. No, we don't have to eat everything on our plate. It's not going anywhere unless you decide to throw it away,
1: but you can say
0: we didn't eat it for eat it another time. Yeah. My
1: partner, he gives me a very hard time. If I, I'm with you now, typically when I'm done, I'm done. Uh, unless it's something that I really like, but so crackers, for instance, I'll leave three crackers in a, in a bag or in a container and put it back in the pantry. they <laughs> will get it out and be like, what is this? Why are there three crackers? And I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. It's, it's Right. Okay.
0: <laughs> right. I'm guilty. I'll do the, the same thing. I've also learned how to limit myself, you know, not to deprive myself because I've learned that if I want, say, a cookie. If I try not to have that cookie and I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to have to eat cookie. I'm going to eat something healthier. So I go and eat that. and I'm still craving the cookie. So, well, let me eat this. I found that I was eating more by trying to suppress the desire of what I wanted. So now what I do, I limit myself to three cookies. I could have three cookies and that's it. So like you, sometimes there'll be only one cookie in the box. (laughs) And my husband's like, why did you do that? Because I can only have three. That's the, you know, I limited myself. I told myself, you can have three, that's it. Sometimes I only have two, you know, it just depends. But I think it's, you know, that's another thing that we just have to be more mindful of the decisions we're making instead of taking like the whole box of cookies with the glass of milk and sitting down and just mindlessly eating them or like potato chips. I don't eat them often, but sometimes I do have a craving for them. I just take a paper towel and I pour some onto a paper towel and that that's it. That's all I get, you know, and it works. It works for me. I don't have to deprive myself of food. I'm still get, eating what I want to eat. I'm just not overindulging like I used to before.
1: Yeah. I have found finding healthier ways to make things also is very rewarding, fulfilling, satisfying as well for me and my body. So, uh, sweets tends to be, I have a picture, I swear I'm like six months old and I'm being fed pie and ice cream. And I'm like, why? Because I want sugar now for the rest of my life. But, uh, if it's sweet or salty, I will choose sweet. So just even finding some simple recipes, some oats, dates, a little bit of maple syrup and peanut butter, And a food processor, making that into like a no-bake cookie will totally kill my sweet craving that I'm having. It's super simple to make. And it's also fairly nutritious comparatively to processed foods, which is not for this podcast episode, but like you were talking about organic, there's definitely something to the quality of food we're putting in our body and the satisfaction that we have in response to that
0: definitely. And it's not just that it's also the, the nutritional value, you know, processed foods hold no nutritional value. You know, that's why it, I've got a, a course, healthy eating for a healthy life. And I, I talk about it in there, why you still feel hungry after you've eaten. And I experienced that myself. I'm like, cause I had developed a way of eating and then exercising so I can maintain my weight. And then one time at a certain point, all of a sudden I'm hungry. I'm like, why am I so hungry? I just ate and I ate like, like I normally would. And then I started doing research and found out about the food and how it's not really not food. It's creating a laboratory. And I was like, okay, then we switched to organic. Once we, oh, and I was gaining weight too. Once we switched to organic, the weight came right off and I didn't have to eat as much because I would, well, we also take supplements too, because even when you eat organic, you know, our our land is depleted. We're still not getting, our body still isn't getting the vitamins and minerals it needs.
1: Yeah. I take supplements as well. And in addition to that, the supplement company that I've been very loyal to sources different products for their formulations of supplements from different countries so it's also more nutrition nutritious dense with things that I would never get here locally that uh, my body thrives off of so there's a lot of power to being very purposeful in what we put in our body
0: oh I, to- I totally agree and um, but you know and we're living like a. I I was gluten free before gluten free was even a thing because i had noticed that whenever i ate bread or anything that was flour based it acted like paper mache on my lower abs and then when i stopped when i stopped eating that stuff i didn't have that issue but now it is wonderful because we have ezekiel sprouted bread which i can eat We have cauliflower crust pizza. We have zucchini noodles and squash noodles. So we all have all this really cool stuff so that you can go gluten-free and not have to be deprived at this point in time. We're like, when we we were pizza, I would just eat the topping off and that was it. You know, people would get kind of ticked at me.
1: (laughs) Options have come a long way. I will do the same with pizza if I'm being honest though, depending upon what's in that crust. So, you're not alone. One of the really fascinating things with the work that I have done with learning the Enneagram specifically, which is a personality structure, um, typing our spiritual personality, that the Enneagram one, which is my personal personality type, is the most common personality to actually experience eating disorders. So there's a lot of illnesses that get mapped into our personality, which is one of the really fascinating things about the work that I do. And in hindsight, I didn't know about the Enneagram until many, many, many years later. But reflecting back with the work that I did on myself, going through my healing process and journey and workbooks and books I was reading and all of that self-discovery path is that criticism from other people really lingered with me and I harbored that and I hung on it. And so a lot of what I needed to come to terms with was dealing with this criticism that I felt other people had, you know, held me in for a long period of time. And with my personality structure, I have this crazy inner self-critic. I don't really need criticism from other people because I'm a pro at it and I do it really, really well. (laughs) And it was the the anger that comes with that. And my like the Enneagram is divided into three main energies that the different types function off of. And mine, of course, is anger. So I would take that anger of the criticism I was experiencing and I would turn it inward on myself. And so that is how I was coping for me personally from my, you know, spiritual design as a human. And I learned some really huge lessons and. Uh, values and lots of things came with that but yeah literally how I was designed and I was using it against myself and really truly destroying my health my mind my emotions my body at the same time so
0: is this is this something that you developed on your own or is it something that is that does exist and you studied it
1: I studied it. So, the Enneagram in itself, the personality typing system has been around for many, many years. And how I studied to learn it was through a modality called Healing from the Body Level Up specifically. And the Enneagram chose me. I did not choose it. In fact, when I first was introduced to it, I wrote it off and kind of thought it was an excuse for people to just be the way they were but the more i learned about it the more i began to see that it's really a model for for growth more than any other personality type system that i've been uh, exposed to and the amount of compensation that we can do for the parts of ourselves that we don't like can be very extreme to the point of you know illness if we believe that you know we are at cause and not effect of our own physical health, we can take ownership in you know, lifestyle habits, energy flow throughout our body, thoughts, feelings, all contribute to the quality of life and health that we have in our physical body. Right. And when we think about it that way, it's not so overwhelming to think, oh, wow, I really can create my own illness from potentially even an unconscious space where we don't realize that we're doing it. And that's exactly what this empowers us with and allows us to come to understand about ourselves. And what is it called, the Enneagram? The Enneagram, yep. It's uh, (laughs) more complicated to say, but it's E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, Enneagram. Enneagram.
0: And you said there's
1: three different personalities? So there's a total of nine. There's nine, what some people would call archetypes. I don't resonate with that word as much. I like to say filters, like the main filters that people view the world in. And then within that nine filter system, it's divided out into three categories. And so people who process information through their head, they function off of fear. People who process information through their heart, Function off of the energy of shame, and people who process through their gut function off the energy of anger. So it maps out so much information. When I speak with people, and can usually come to discern someone's, whether it's at least head, heart, and gut within a matter of minutes, if not their actual type, and all you know, step into their shoes and empathize with them or ask them questions of things that maybe become easy or challenging for them. So sometimes ask, oftentimes, if I'm being honest, ask me if I'm psychic, because it's just so accurate. Are you intuitive? I am intuitive. Yep. That's part of my work as well.
0: Right. Yeah, I kind of figured the way, just the way you were talking. So how
1: is it determined what a person is? Oh, this is one of my favorite questions. So you can go online and take an assessment and it will give you your top three choices. And then you read the descriptions and you're confused. This is most people, not everyone, but most people's uh, experience with it because there are behaviors And then there are the motivation and the fear underneath the behavior that drives it. So when we look at someone is, for instance, making a list, a to-do list and checking things off as they go, we can't just look at a behavior and say, oh, that's a type three. They're an achiever. So, of course, they're going to have a list. Well, that's true. But the type six and the type one are also list makers and users for very different reasons. So it's looking at the reason of why someone does a behavior when you're taking an online assessment, you are really more so being asked some about what you what you feel, what you think, et cetera. But are you really being checking in with yourself to look at why is it that you're doing it? So my point is, this is our spiritual personality type that is imprinted on our soul at conception. And how well does your conscious brain speak with your soul to create an accurate outcome on the assessment that you're taking solely from your conscious mind and how you perceive yourself? And if you only see yourself during your, in your strengths, during your times of growth, in your positive qualities, that's going to skew the results. So I don't use the online assessments, but they're out there. And if you want to get familiar with the system, that is one way to do so. Um, I use what's called muscle testing. Do you muscle test? Um, No, I do douse. Okay, so very similar. Just different ways of, of getting information. So, yeah, I offer a free... Uh, discover your Enneagram workshop. And anyone listening, interested can come join, learn about the system, discover what your actual Enneagram is, what muscle testing is, how you can get information from your being, that innate inner wisdom, just like, you know, it's summer right now. So people are growing gardens and whatnot, you know, you plant a seed in the ground and no one is telling that seed, which way the roots need to grow and which way the leaves need to grow. And all living beings have that innate intelligence and what muscle testing allows us to do or dowsing in my opinion and experience is that we're able to tap into that innate intelligence that we have and bypass the conscious mind that really knows very little about ourselves, even though it thinks it knows quite a lot And learn the information that serves us so that we can grow and make life easier and have better relationships and understand people better and not take stuff personally and get out of our own ways.
0: Yeah, it's it's something because I've I've got the pendulum that I use. And I was on a seminar and this couple came on and they were talking about using it to find out about About your body, about physical ailments, or what your body needs. And I was like, wow, I never thought about using my pendulum for that. You know, and they were talking about the muscle testing, and I I knew about that. But I, I, I just, it gave me an epiphany. You know, it's like something I knew, but I wasn't doing because I didn't think about it. So it's a great way to find out, like, maybe what food you're having issues with, or, you know, what supplements your body needs because we're all different. So the supplements that I need or that you need, we might not be taking the same things. Of or course, there the
1: is some brand. Do you Or even the brand of supplement, you know, which you might need, we'll just say vitamin C, but which vitamin C is going to be best suited for your body based upon quality and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's really, um, really helpful tool. I the same thing when I started muscle testing, one of the things I used it for the most was uh, food, foods that were bothering me and simply just discerning, like what was causing the symptoms I was having, but then was there a different form I could eat this food in? So if it was fermented, was it okay? If it was cooked, was it okay? If it was raw, was it okay? Like what aligned with my body? And I can sit there and hold that question in my mind all day long. I never got an answer, you know, but with the muscle testing or the pendulum, it will give that information. And when you start applying the information you're getting and you see that it's true, it's kind of mind-blowing because there is something really, really to it after all. It's not just woo-woo voodoo stuff. Right. I totally agree with you. I use
0: it to determine if I should go to events or not, if if I'll do well. You know I, I have products I sell. And I was told one time not to go to some one particular event and I did not listen. I made no money. I paid to be there and made no money. And I said to someone I said, you know, my pendulum told me I should have come here. And they look like deer and their eyes look like deer and the headlights are like, what are you talking about and then they're then they're making fun of me and oh yeah I used to have like this eight ball I used to ask you this black ball I used to ask questions so I'm like no it's not like that it's, it's totally different so it's like now you know that, that's the biggest thing I, I could sell my punch on is things to do in business so I had never thought about using it to determine things for my health which was, you know, so tell me how, how is it that you figure out these things? If you, I, I'm your client. So what is the first thing that I have to do in working with you? Uh,
1: so figuring out what things specifically, I, I'm stumbling on the question just because I offer a few different services. So specifically, like you just, are coming in and what is, what is your focus? Well, I have an eating disorder. Okay. So, so. And I, and I don't, I don't
0: understand why. And I, I would like to get rid of it. You know, I'm tired of hiding this from my family and from, you know, my boyfriend and, you know, I'm just feeling, feeling guilty about it. And I'm just trying to figure out why is it what's causing this?
1: Yep. Perfect. So in one-on-one services, I also do group coaching, which is why I asked, um, lots of different opportunities for everyone, but in individual services, using the muscle testing and seeing Uh where the energy goes weak. And also where's our starting point because someone can come to me kind of similar. I had a young 20 something come to me and she wanted to get sober her goal was to get sober. She was raised by parents that were addicts. She was still living with her mom who was an addict. Um, she did have a job. She had a car that wasn't super reliable. Um, and the priority was not to get sober. You know, we started with working through some different emotional layers. We worked through getting her, her own residence. Because how do you get sober in an environment where people are using? So a little bit different than, you know, what you're saying with the eating disorder, but a very real life example of how, where someone says their focus and intention is maybe the center of the onion. And if you try to cut into the core of the onion without going through the outer layers, you're never, you can't get there that way. And so people will try and not have the success or results that they want, and then get more frustrated and start telling themselves an even bigger story of how they're a bigger failure because they try to keep these commitments to themselves that they're going to be sober or not engage in eating disorder behavior. And they can't. It's not a matter of willpower because when you try to get into the core without going through the layers, you're exercising willpower. And when you unravel from the outside in, the shifts come naturally, and it sets you up for success. And it builds you up to the point where you're then ready to take that step into not having an eating disorder into your sobriety and be able to maintain it. So that's been a really powerful case to see. They also got a different car, new car, um, all, all sorts of things are opening up for this individual. And it's been over the course of uh, seven months, I believe they had accomplished oh. all of that within seven months time, which is such a short compared to me. I, I struggled with my eating disorder for years as I tried, of course, to heal through it on my own. So there's also a point to be made that Going it alone is way over romanticized in our culture and society and let someone who's been there or someone who knows the way guide you and lead you and alleviate the struggle in getting to where it is you want to go.
0: Right. So you have three different programs where people
1: can work with you? Yeah. So I offer blood lab interpretations So for people who have symptoms and they go to their doctor and their doctor tells them their blood labs are normal, (laughs) who hasn't heard this before while they're still feeling like crap and they don't understand why, and these symptoms are not conjured up in their head and we get answers and results from using an optimal range, a different interpretation, treating the whole body rather than you have a um, kidney issue. So let's just look at the kidneys or also very popular in today's world is the thyroid. There's so many thyroid problems and the thyroid's at the bottom of the totem pole. It gets a totally bad rap. It doesn't get, the whole system doesn't get supported because there's a lot of influence on how our thyroid functions. So before I get on too big of a soapbox, my point is we look at the body as a whole and not just as one organ or one body part and try to support that one part. Because if one thing is out of balance, there's other things in your body out of balance as well. And we need to support all of that for there to be deep lasting healing. And that's a big part of my relationship program as well, because when we're ill, it's hard you know, like if you have digestive issues, it's hard to go on date night and maybe you're not hardly eating anything at dinner. So you can go to that activity afterward, or you eat whatever looks good. And then you pay the price for it three days and you cancel your plans after dinner because you're so miserable. You need to go home and be in the bathroom or on the couch. So there's a lot of benefits to having your body function optimally for you. So that's one aspect. And I, um, Offer all of these programs standalone or all together. So there's different options and you can have as much or as little as you want. Courses for self-study or work one-on-one for not having to figure it out on your own. And then the group coaching, like I mentioned. So that's a really, really cool program. uh, Because I partner with a crystal healer and a shaman. She has many talents in earth medicine. So, yeah, there's functional medicine, earth medicine, mindset, energy psychology, shamanism, crystal healing, chakra, all of it, all in one place. It's so cool and so powerful. Um, So there's that group coaching opportunity. And we meet twice a month that's focused on the relationship with yourself, because once you have a healthy relationship with yourself, your relationships around you are going to be powerful, too. And then I have several uh, courses or programs, whatever you want to call them, as well for individuals who want to try it out before jumping in all the way.
0: So how many programs do you have?
1: Um, I have three different programs. I have a program that is a challenge to get people started, and it's go at go at their own pace, but really it's um, for a week. And there's a video each day. There's a chapter to read and then things to implement and practice. There is another program that alleviates so many relationship issues. It's so powerful and amazing by working with our internal parenting system. And a lot of people, you know, they focus on the inner child. We have these inner child and and a lot of work within um, psychology and healing is focused on the inner child while we neglect the inner parent. And so this program works on how we self-govern and guide in our daily life every day. And that throws a lot of kinks into relationships because we will be carrying out things that our parents did. Um, can you recall a time when you said something and immediate, uh, immediately afterward, you're like, oh, that's what my mom used to say or my dad used to say, and you cringe? I, I tried to, to avoid
0: doing that, as I had mentioned earlier. Um, I, I, I'm sure I have done it, but offhand, I cannot. I mean, of course it was, you know, clean your plate, But at the time I was saying it, I wasn't cringing because I didn't think there was anything wrong with it.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And our goal is really to get to the point where we don't cringe because the things that we're living out from our parents are truly aligned with our value system. And then another part of this program is also how we recreate the relationship that our parents had. And so again, I'm kind of blowing the myth that boys marry their moms and daughters marry their dads. And that's not completely true because what we actually do is unknowingly recreate dynamics of our parents' relationship that don't work for us because we're not our parents. And then you bring in your spouse and they're doing the same thing with their parents. And if there's any step parents involved, you bring those relationships into the mix and it gets really, really messy. So it allows us to let go, reprogram the brain and release those strategies that don't align and work for us. And because it was so normal and they're embedded in our unconscious mind, we don't actually connect with doing them. And that's the most mind-blowing part is when I work with people through this program, they will say, you know oh, I don't do anything that my parents did in my relationship. They might notice their personal behavior a little bit, but not in how they're living it out in their relationship. But at the end, once we get the everything, the muscle testing and we map it, they're like, oh my gosh, I do all of that. Literally, I do every last one of those things. And the reason why is because we tend to live it out in a different way. So let me give you an example, This might resonate a little bit with what you had said you tried to avoid, you know, with your dad earlier. But for instance, if there's a family and the parents of this, you know, client that I would be working with, their parents, one of their parents drink and the other parent would nag at them endlessly and it had no result whatsoever. And so- How
0: did did you know that was my family situation? Oh, I
1: didn't. It was. That's funny. So the, the child will grow up and say, I'm never going to nag because it was just so obnoxious or I'm never going to drink because it was so destructive. Like they'll, they'll cast off one, whichever action that they felt was problematic in their conscious mind. And they'll promise and swear they're never going to do it. And they don't, but then they might not Actually, ever articulate, say, express their needs or wants or desires. And so the issues in the relationship persist and never have resolution. So the outcome, the actual outcome is the exact same as what was going on in their parents' relationship. The strategies were different. There was drinking and nagging, no resolution. In their relationship, they're keeping all of their wants and desires and tension and problems to themselves and not expressing it openly to their partners so that they can grow together. And the outcome is the same. And so that is how it's so sneaky with how it's embedded in the unconscious mind because the individual swears, I am not doing what my parents did, but when you step to a little bit different objective angle, you see that you're having the same issue created in a against different, effect. but it sounds like it's in a different it's, it's in a, it, it can be in a little bit different strategy yeah it can be in a little different strategy but it's still equally as damaging which is really truly right. the point it's it's eroding the relationship the same way that it did as what they experienced in their home growing up all right
0: Okay, Um, I understand
1: that you have an offer for the audience. Yeah, the free workshop to discover your own enneatype. What enneagram personality are you? What information are you going to find out about yourself or even other people if you go on to learn the whole program and to be able to do so without relying on your conscious mind to try to discern through an assessment what you are. So I would love for people to come jump in there, experience, learn about muscle testing, learn about the Enneagram, learn about yourself. It's so powerful. And there are so many strengths that come in our relationships just from knowing the Enneagram. And obviously from our conversation already, you can tell that I'm not someone who relies solely on the conscious mind a whole lot. But even if someone doesn't take the Enneagram work further into shifting and refining themselves and transforming energy within their personality structure, their being, and they solely just consciously learn the system, it is hands down the one most powerful tool that's impacted all of my relationships, just merely by learning that system and being able to understand other people and myself. And where do they go to get that? Um, so I sent you the link, um, they can find it if they want to come to Facebook or my Facebook friends, the group Stronger Together events are listed there. Um, or you can jump on my website, www.fiercelyradiantsoul.com. And if you click on the free relationship guide, you will end up on my email list, and I send out all of my events all of the time. But the easiest, most direct way would be to just click the link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, and
0: I would put the I will put those links in the description. But it's always good to have them verbalized because sometimes people are in vehicles or whatnot, and I think it's easier to remember something that when you hear it.
1: None yeah. The link for the workshop is a little too complex for me to even have memorized, so I apologize. I gotcha. can't just you it out there, but if you're having a challenging time finding it, I am always here. Just reach out to me, and I will make sure you get connected with it.
0: Is there anything you want to leave the listening audience with? Um,
1: Of course. Let me tune in for a second and see what would serve your audience the most, especially with this inner, like going within to find our answers, right? I feel like living that demonstration is always really powerful. Uh, I feel as though compassion is really, really coming through strongly as a message that people can benefit from Far too often in even relationship with ourselves, we take things personally, we don't understand why people are doing what they do and we think that it is because of a a default in ourselves or I'm sorry, a defect in ourselves or a weakness um, or people just don't understand us or think the way we do and all of that is okay, all of it is okay. If we have compassion, with ourselves, we're not going to, first of all, think that we're defected or there's something wrong. And if we have compassion with other people, we don't have to think the exact same way that they do. We can truly just connect to understand one another and not to try to change the way that they think or feel. And bringing this full circle, the Enneagram has truly been the biggest tool for me to be able to understand all of the differences in people and meet them where they are because my personality type sure was a pusher of i know the best way so let me convince you and it was very very damaging to my relationships but at the end of the day it's not just you know the insight of how someone else thinks or feels we still have to show up with compassion rather than judgment or disinterest (laughs) or there's a right way and a wrong way. So many, there's so much division in our country right now. And for the, the world to be a more harmonious place to live in, if every single one of us showed up with compassion for ourselves and then extended that to other people in our life, we would be living in a much different society.
0: I totally agree. I totally agree. Those were very wise words. I I, I love that. You know, I, I think and then some people I think can have compassion for other people's but people but not have compassion for themselves. So I like that you're like having compassion for ourselves and then also in others. Um, Janessa, I really appreciate you being with me here today. It was a pleasure talking with you. And I actually learned something new. There was something that I didn't know.
1: <laughs> but, yes, learn something new every day. It is my mission. I feel like that is what life should be about. And I really enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate you having me here as a guest. If you're anything- Well, thank you so
0: much, Jess, Janessa, and for everybody in the listening audience, remember to like, share, ring the bell, and until next time, keep shining your light.